0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of How Might We. We're going to be unusual this time, and we're not going to decide on the title until the end. So it's going to be quite an unstructured chat around things of purpose, vulnerability and leadership. So on this episode, my guest is Mark Hammond. Good morning, Mark. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Scott. here. Mark Hammond, and I am on doing this uh, this podcast with with scott after having met him and uh, we just connected and had a, a really good conversation share quite a bit and have a lot in common and uh, i agreed to come on and talk a little bit more me i'm i run my own business it's called connectivity consulting and uh, i focus on helping people change pretty much similar to what scott does so i work with teams mostly and that that evolved after 25 years in corporate. But I, I tend to focus on really helping people to shift their awareness within a team and then help that team to shift. And that includes the leader. And I link that to sort of things like sustainability, purpose, and innovation. Uh, it's sort of a process. So it's not not, not very linear. And I've, I've had to learn, be open to a whole lot of learning in that process. So yeah, Scott and I got talking about some stuff and and so here I am. So it's been, it's been interesting just to come out, come on and, and just find something to talk about and but make sure it has meaning and purpose and, and, and some focus. So that's a little bit about me, unless you feel you'd like a little bit more, Scott, but there's, there's plenty of me on my, on my website and LinkedIn. And I thought maybe to could this time to talk about some good stuff.
0: Okay. We could, um, obviously we can go we'll put your, your links to your website and stuff on the, on the page. So if people are okay, more than welcome to do so. Yeah. Um, so you talked about change, changing and working predominantly with teams, but obviously the important thing is he said about the leaders to change within that team as well. So, and the adaptability And before we came online, we used the word vulnerability, which has definitely been sort of gaining a lot of traction sort of on things on LinkedIn and sort of people talking in, in the sort of personal development leadership field about talking about vulnerability. So what do you think vulnerability is? Uh, so
1: this is just my personal view. I think you know, it's um, it's many things, and when you when we start looking at at something like vulnerability, it would be easy and comfortable to categorise it as as a thing. But if there's anything that I've learned in in working with different teams and different people, it's many different things for for many different people. But broadly, I mean, probably the the, the best the best sort of approach I've heard or and read of is is that by Brené Brown and a couple of other people that she's spoken to. So for me, you know, for me personally, I think vulnerability is is when you're willing to take a risk with something that you've you have that that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. But you that as you put yourself out into that space, you're going to notice a physical reaction. You may notice a a cognitive or mental reaction to that. But it it's something that might make you feel a little uncomfortable and well out of your comfort zone. And that can occur from you know, putting your trust in somebody that you haven't done before, it could be raising a difficult topic, it could be challenging somebody on something. So it's many different things. Mm-hmm. But it tends to have an emotional response, or an emotion, a very strong, com- I don't think if strong is the right word, but it, it tends to come with an emotional component. So for me, it's when I start to feel uncomfortable and notice of the things that, that I do to distance myself from being uncomfortable, that's when I start to pay attention. So it brings with it a number of things. So there's a there's a strong co- emotional component to it, and I I sort of broadly categorize it as when you start to feel uncomfortable, and it tends to have uh, quite a bit to do with trust. But again, it's not it's not exclusive to trust. So yeah, uh, it's Brené Brown's definition. I'm going to see if I can pull that up uh, briefly, so we can have a I can be a little bit more specific because I was just running through my mind what is what's the best way to define it. So. Brown, Brenner Brown, I think in a book from 2016, says the emotion that we experience during times of risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure. And I love that one. And there's a more technical one, which is from Meyer, LeFevre and Robinson, I think, from 2017. It's more research-based. Vulnerability is manifest in the willingness to be honest and open to learning by accepting our own fallibility, and thus taking responsibility for one's own actions, being more responsive to others, and sharing responsibility. So, in answer to the question, probably somewhere in in amongst those two.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I, I quite like the thing about the, being that vulnerability about taking responsibility mm. for ourselves and then saying, do you know, what well, this may be uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to have to do it. But I understand where I am and what I can do within that space. So, was it the um, I've seen somewhere where it says that you've got your comfort zone sometimes, and outside of the comfort zone, that's where the magic happens. It's about yeah ourselves yeah um, yeah bit that's uncomfortable at times
1: yeah and I saw a play just a little bit um, on the weekend with my daughter she was she's doing a diving course a, a springboard diving course and it came from jumping off a pier somewhere in Croatia a while back and and she loved that enjoyed it and and so she decided to take up a diving course and so she was on the springboard and they had asked the class to go up to the sort of the three meter and then right to the very top one and she said you know dad I was and she's twelve so. She said to me, I was feeling really nervous and anxious about it and scared of it. And and I said, and so what did you do? She said, well, I didn't want to look bad in front of the rest of the class. And and I also knew that I could do it because I've done it before, maybe not as high, but I, but I felt quite anxious and uncomfortable with it. And I said, so, and what happened when you did it? She said, well, I felt a lot better. and I was a little nervous going down, but she said, I felt a lot better when I did it because I knew I could do it. And I said, "Yep." Yeah. and to your point, Scott, right there, and you know, once you take that step into the into that what we perceive as the unknown and potentially the uncomfortable and potentially you know some of the risks we might perceive that comes with it, sometimes I mean granted not always but sometimes there's a, a sense of relief afterwards of actually that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. that's you know, so what my daughter said to me. She said I got out the water and, and I looked at it and went I can do that. And so to your point, and learning unfolds and and something beautiful starts to happen. And I don't shy away from those words because. The, learn, the learning that starts to take place as we take a step forward, as we make that choice, as we start to connect with those decisions, as we start to connect with how we feel about stuff, there's, there's some real purpose in there. And there's a whole lot of learning that comes with that. And that's, that's not sort of make-believe, soft and fluffy. It's probably life giving a little tap on the shoulder going, come on, I think maybe we, we, we need to take a couple of steps down here. I ain't going to force you, but, but here's a choice. And Then we make the choice. We make the choice to either shy away or engage with it or play with it or think about it or circle back or but my sense is life, my experience is life will always come back, and use it broadly. Life life comes back gently when when you when you when you least expect it and gives you a tap on the shoulder and says, Okay, come on. I'll stay in your comfort zone all the time. So.
0: so I used to work with somebody and he had a great saying. He said, Every day, every day's a school day.
1: Yes, yeah, that's beautifully put. Yeah.
0: Every day's a school day, but it's a bit willing. And there's another one I liked. I mean, I love my quotes. I can't remember what it is. It's something like a lesson, something that happens to you and experiences the lesson doing something different is the learning. And I think that goes back to what you say is that we, we have these experiences in life, whatever they may be. And it's what do we do with that knowledge, that new experience that we've got? And how could we then use that to move ourselves forward in such a way? And I like strengths. I there was, I think we were talking before about the, the Clifton strengths. Yes. So I'm one. I'm a coach for them. And... The interesting thing is it's accepting that, yes, you are strong at something, but there's areas that maybe you're not. And it's not about trying to take time to work on our weaknesses, but it's basically how can we leverage what we're good at to overcome our challenges. So instead of spending our time trying to develop – so I'm not an organized person. I'm not a, do, I'm not a sort of a, somebody who pushes things forward. I'm much more about give me some ideas, do it, play around with things – and then I'll say, well, I can't do that sort of stuff very well. So there's no point in giving me to do lists because to do lists stay to do to do lists. They don't ever get to done lists. <laughs> they kind of just stay there. <laughs> it's not what, what works for me. But yeah. sitting there going, okay, once I've done this, I can then move on to something exciting. Understanding that how I work helps me manage that that better. And so I can adapt my workflow to my strengths and what I like. So I think that comes back to what you're saying about that uh, vulnerability as well. I'm just saying this isn't a strength of mine that is but then again it's about how do i leverage their strengths to overcome and, and the challenges that i'm faced
1: yeah the, the the vulnerability is a is a great teacher and it shows up in many ways i mean let's let's put it out there love loss across the whole gamut of life so you know it's it's many different things for many different people but so one way of of vulnerability becoming becoming real for people is is uh, there's a technique I, i'll use with time with, with teams at a certain point in their in their process and then their journey and then the work that they're doing together and and this very much engages the individual but you know for me the the piece around working with the team that the individual is is getting it from is not getting it sorry is 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 experiencing something for themselves but also themselves in a team environment so they are seeing how they, how they impact and influence the team. So as they shift and change, the feedback, the context is right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. That's a very rich piece to work with. And, and yeah, you were talking about your preferences and your styles. So whilst vulnerability is something that we're not always comfortable with, it doesn't always have to be something which is sort of deeply personal. So there, there's many techniques. So telling a personal story and sharing deeply i've heard some ceos and board members and executive teams speak really deeply and personally about love and loss and their journey through life where you could hear a pin drop in the room because it was so powerful and they had been working with people for 10 to 15 years we had no idea no idea but yet when they connected with these people in this way the thing that started to emerge was was people really started to connect and listen and appreciate and understand so that they're sort of use the word broadly, but the humanity and the the connection with the loss or the connection with the joy. I mean, like a simple, not a simple thing, but like a wedding, you know, wedding's are a time of great joy sometimes. Um, and um, you could see the room light up when, when they were talking about getting married to the person they loved. And and then a little later in the story, there was something around where they lost a loved one. And you could see people go with them on that journey. So they connected very deeply. So it's, it's like you were just talking to. It's many different things from, for, for, for each of us. So it can be a personal story, or uh, it could be simply putting a difficult issue on the table and going, so what do you want to talk about? How, how is this issue getting in the way for you? So it doesn't necessarily mean, need people to show up with, with their past, but there's another way of getting them to, to come into the room where it has real context and allows them to be a little bit more present with it because they have a view, and slowly allow them to experience coming into talking about something which might be quite meaningful, but they don't feel like they can. And it goes back to that, different, that vulnerability issue that we were talking to. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to see this, this process unfold because one of the things I was thinking was it, it is a process. And as as we as people go through the process, it's taught me a lot. But I've I i can not assume what the what the journey is for other people. I can see the outcomes, but I see I see people becoming aware. I see people starting to experience and notice different things, acknowledging different things for themselves. Like for example, a, a leader who goes, I'm just I'm giving too many solutions, and I need to keep quiet because when I keep quiet, I see I see a completely different piece unfold or emerge or whatever words you want to use. But I see something shift and change. So when I remove my input and I create a space, something else emerges. Other people start to talk and I get to learn something. I get to learn something which is, you know, John has an idea or Mark has an idea or Scott has an idea or has thoughts or or views. Or or I get to see that there's possibly too much silence. Or I get to see that one person is talking too much other than me. Or um, actually, there's a whole range of views and perspectives that when I keep on giving mine, I miss. So that vulnerability shows up in terms of quite simply saying, I need need to stop talking. I maybe need to stop giving the solutions. It can be that pragmatic in a way. But it's not always easy to do, because that might surface feelings of lack of control or not, not not adding the value that people might ascribe to a role or that they feel they have to do. And as they let go of some of those pieces and become aware of that, that, there are feelings of vulnerability that might emerge. And so it starts to unfold. And you were talking about tasks. Give me a task list. It ain't going to get tasked. It ain't going to get done. You've learned that. You know, well, you may
0: have... Never... Yeah, yeah. repeated behavior and think, oh, there's got, got to be a better way of doing this. But it's interesting because we were, again, talking before uh, the role of leaders in organizations changing. And this is, I think, is applicable for whether you're a small business or a large business either way yeah my personal view now is it's is, is much more about who you are as a person rather than the role you play i think some of that perception is the leader has all the answers and the manager so somebody we should go to for the answers is changing i think covid has been a catalyst for some of those changes that were already happening yeah and the, the different ways we work as it may be required a different way of doing it um what's your thoughts on that
1: oh i'm uh, yeah. Again, it's, it's quite a it's, a it's a big area. So let me take a few little pieces from that, which, which can, can possibly be, be sort of joined up and linked. But I think COVID, you, you're spot on. I think COVID has, has, has provided something for people, which is context. It's a shared context. We've all been through it. Okay. So analogy would be whilst we, we're all on the same ocean, we might be in different boats r- rowing, but we've all been through with COVID being the ocean in a way, we, we've all had to experience it and we've experienced it many different ways. I've got friends and families who've lost loved ones as a result of it or lost their jobs. Or, so it's had an impact. And that experience, that, that understanding, that awareness, that knowledge is not limited to leaders anymore. In fact, it's, it's opened up a whole range of insights to everybody. So l- leaders, I think, are not just title and role anymore as you were talking to. We are now all in the position where we we've got to think about how we move forward and how we engage and talk to each other because there is no going back to the past people might want that and and strive for it but too much has changed you know the 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 absolute meshing together molding together of work and 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 home that's just transformed everything i think we were chatting about this when we first started talking Uh, and what that's done i've had leaders say to me i just do not want to get on the plane anymore. I've seen my daughters, I've seen my children, I've seen my sons grow. And I've seen them change as as young people. And I don't want to miss that anymore. And yet other people feel like they just want to get back to the security of the past and get back into the office and and all that comes with that. But so much has changed. I, I don't think it's ever necessarily going to be the same experience again. So it's it's whilst people are yearning for that in a way, it's it may, it may have a similar, a similar structure, but it may not have the same feeling or emotions or, 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 or experience that comes with it. So yeah, it's, so it drives for me, it's, it's, it's created something where people can go and say in a team meeting, "Hang on, I actually need to be working from home because of A, B, and C, and for leaders to turn and shut that down and, and not enable that conversation. And there are some who are still doing that. I mean, there's been calls for, you absolutely have to get back in the office and in a way that's been imposed. Now, if you start imposing something when people have awareness that it's different, there's going to be a response and there's going to be a reaction. And that's invariably resistance. And resistance shows up in many ways. And what we're seeing is the great, what are they calling it? Where people the great resignation, where people are leaving. So my sense is we have experienced something which has given us a different focus, a different purpose, if we're choosing to acknowledge it and become aware of it. So leaders in that space, uh, it's not title and, and role anymore. It is to a degree because people in leadership positions still need to sign off budgets. They still need to sign off decisions. They're those practical elements. But it's the, the, the emphasis, I think, has shifted onto leaders. The spotlight is on them far more to have the kind of self-awareness, to have the presence of mind, to learn how to be authentic, to learn how to be present because those are the skills that are gonna help them connect with people and have those conversations where they can navigate some of the stuff that's out there that wasn't typically in the workspace or, or seen as soft and fluffy or seen as the domain of HR. It's not anymore, and those are broad categorizations. It's everybody, so leaders really do need to figure out how they're gonna show up as people because the glaringly obvious point now is, is if you can't have those conversations, you're gonna be at a disadvantage. And that that comes from building your awareness, building your self-awareness, learning how to have those conversations, learning how to connect with people. So so those points of connection become far more of a, of a flow both ways. It's not a an, it's not anymore a single one-way direction. It might be perceived that that still exists, but I think the, the reality is the person who's being told you can't, for, as, as a broad example, you can't work from home anymore you have to be in the office that person's going to go i just don't agree with that and they may not articulate it they may just go inside i just don't agree with that and it could be any kind of scenario i just don't agree with that i've seen it working and i'm gonna i'm gonna go find something else so in business that comes with a cost it comes in a cost on time a cost of capability culture all of these things and that's that's the other piece that has really rapidly emerged is, as, you, as, you, as leadership is changing, the awareness of how it has a significant impact on effectiveness, effective behaviors, culture, how people are willing to trust you, how people are willing to show up and give you their ideas. Those, those leaders, who have figured that out and, and how, the, how, they can, how they can really step into that authentically. They have a distinct competitive advantage, as, both as an individual, as a leader in the team and for the organization. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Leadership is just, it's it's, 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 not a, it's not a sort of a, right, here's leadership. It's going from A to B. It is exponentially shifting and changing. And we're seeing a lot of those. Those we, We're seeing that play out globally and locally and how leaders don't really show up and address the issues on the table. Um, so, sorry, you were going to say, I oh, know I've been rattling and you got me thinking. So
0: That's, Thinking's good. I like thinking. It reminds me of the Stephen Covey quote, not the one who wrote the Seven Habits, Finally Effective leaders but his his son who wrote speed of trust and it is that he calls it a trust dividend or a trust tax so if you've got high trust then business is easier and cheaper quicker and cheaper if you've got low trust business is slower and more expensive and for the various reasons that you've identified if if somebody doesn't trust what you're doing or that breakdown to come to you have to come back to the office and people say well i've been working from home for 18 months and why do i need to come back to the office and then that potential resistance, as you say, can manifest itself in multiple ways, but generally it's going to have a negative impact on how they do work, mm. which is going to cost the organization in time or money yep. or both. Both and more. Yep. So, and then, then Reputation,
1: be- brand, you know, there's all, these, there's all these different pieces that start to play out. But you, you're spot on. I love that, 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 that trust piece that you've just mentioned because the, that is in the work that I do with my clients and uh, the it becomes very evident very quickly whether there's trust there and it it's not a it's not a sort of a cognitive or a mental a mental arithmetic of we trust each other because we've known each other for 15 years okay let's let's introduce a little bit of conflict and see what happens and that's one test of of real trust is if it's tenure based or if it's actually based on people making themselves vulnerable to each other you know, to to Brown's quote of the emotion that we experience during times of risk, when they start to make themselves vulnerable to each other, and it and it is maybe asking some tough questions uh, and in uncertainty, and that real trust, trust gets formed when people start to listen and acknowledge each other. I mean, I work with teams where they don't even acknowledge each other's perspectives. There seems to be this technique where people have adopted, where they just talk over each other. So there's something introduced, somebody talks, They never get acknowledged. They never quite get heard. There's never a questioning of what they said in a, in a constructive, insightful, sort of curious way. Something just gets layered on top of it. And that's considered productive. That's considered effective broadly. And then people wonder why there's, there's so much chaos in the system. And it comes down to this, this, when you have trust, you actually get real listening, real hearing, real acknowledgement. Oh, so that's what you meant. Oh, and I appreciate that you also lost somebody, so this might be playing. Is that playing? Yeah, it is playing out for me as well. I feel like I've got to make my space safe because I've lost somebody, and I'm really feeling nervous and anxious at the moment. Okay, I get it now. I get it. It's a lovely video that Brene Brown, Brene Brown does about empathy, where there's a bear standing next to another small animal, and they they're sharing the pain of loss and 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 the. So basically they they, sh- they tell the story of, of their pain and another animal comes in and it's available in youtube I'm just trying to remember it. it'll come to me and there's absolutely no compassion or empathy displayed and the the other person comes in let's call it a person comes in and goes you want a sandwich versus going i get that you guys are talking about something which is really painful and difficult and and I can see that you're really in this. I mean, I'm, I'm happily shared because I've been in a similar position versus trying to avoid it, numb it, et cetera. So there, there is absolutely something in how we, we've got to connect with each other in a different way. And this trust component you talk to is so vital. And yet, we, we there seems to be so much assumption around we have trust. And yet, it plays out in so many ways when it's not there. It, I I'm almost would go so far as to say that. W- I use it broadly. But when I work with it's something I really focus on. And I don't know if it's because people are, are feeling very vulnerable with it, or they've forgotten about how to do it, or they don't know how to do it, or there's so much information about that about how they should be that, this, that tr- learning how to trust people, particularly in a team environment, seems to be, at times, it seems to be quite a revelation. Um, because the, the, the other piece here is, is, if you want to get through conflict, trust is what's going to get you through it. And we were talking about vulnerability and how it unfolds and how the lessons come to you when you when you when you go on this journey. Uh, and trust is exactly the same way, because they all connect and they all do the same. They all sort of broadly sort of connect and, and take you on a journey. Um, and I appreciate I'm not quoting any, ref, any literature here or any research, but it, just from what I've noticed. when is when people start trusting each other in team they've then got to clear some of their interpersonal stuff but then they can start having those conversations which are really meaningful and really powerful because they've really learned to trust each other they can then introduce the tougher issues which potentially being avoided and um it doesn't mean that it has to get aggressive or loud but it where where people have learned to listen and hear and let go of some of their pieces and make themselves vulnerable in that space man, things start to happen. And we are talking earlier about how, how those lessons start to emerge. And it, it leads to progression. It leads to people sort of moving through the stuff that was sort of six years out. I mean, it's a slight exaggeration. Stuff that's sort of like a year out for businesses and small teams and small organizations that they're striving to get to, if they sit down and have the right conversations with each other, I see this out in corporate teams, those issues suddenly accelerate and come onto the table. And innovation starts to emerge because people are willing to trust and put the ideas on well if we what about what about this what do you mean by that i would never thought of that yeah well I, there's th- this piece in here which i think is really interesting because it makes me think of this and we start getting sparking is what i call so you get this you get this organic innovation just simply from people learning how to listen and trust and connect differently but there's work to be done in this space because it's not always something people find easy it makes them feel vulnerable i think and so it they may shy, shy away from it but as you were you were talking to so so powerfully earlier you know when you step into this and you start pushing a little bit what comes what what is given back i think as part of taking that risk what is given back is that the process shows you it's not all that bad and actually there's a huge amount of benefit that can that can come from it what do i mean deeper connection better understanding feeling heard feeling listened to, learning how to listen, learning how to acknowledge, finding out that they're shared in common purpose, that healthy conflict is actually really important and that conflict can um, be a positive thing. A healthy conflict is where you stay connected in a disagreement rather than what typically happens is you break apart. So as I'm talking, I'm just thinking, okay, how do I evidence a little bit more around what, what is, the, what are the benefits of being vulnerable and building trust and, and really doing that? So hopefully that's, that's starting to come through because it's, it needs to be more tangible, I think, for people. And the tangibility comes from practicing it and walking in it.
0: Yeah, there's something you said that sparked something on me, but then I don't think it's an appropriate. No, when you hear something, you think, oh, that's interesting. But then you say something else that's interesting. So the stuff that was interesting before, I said, I've got, I'm not going to build on that now because it's not the moment is not there. And I forgot it was, but it's definitely around what you're saying and around that trust. And I do think we have an assumption of that we trust people because we work with somebody for however many years and we know each other. The the question is, do you trust them? And it's not linear. It's not a yes or no, black or white, because you might trust somebody with your car keys, but you don't trust them to finish a project on time. You might trust them to finish a project, but you don't trust them with some information about yourself because you think they're going to gossip, so that I don't feel safe giving you that information because it's going to go somewhere I don't want. And I can't remember the guy's name, so apologies for whoever wrote this, but one of the best definitions of trust I've ever seen is where you are willing to give something to somebody that may harm you. Yeah. Yeah. So the question I would ask anybody, and again, looking at what trust is, is trust is is in its perception as well. So it is fluid and it's a perception and it's subjective Mm -hmm. is to say, what are you doing today that demonstrates you are worthy of somebody's trust? I think if we flip it round and say that's what trust is, I've got to be worthy of you. have Got to be feel safe to share something with me. So what am I going to do to demonstrate that that's okay to do? What am I going to do today and every day because it's that consistency as well? And as you say, it's about okay. I'll listen to your ideas. I won't shut you down. I'll, if you tell me something, I'll. When I'm talking with my opinions, they're based on something, um, or I just say this is just my from my experience. This is what I think. But at least you're qual- qualifying, so you're not just. Mm-hmm throwing stuff out there. And, and I think importantly, mean what you say and say what you mean.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, there's, a, there's something in that for me which I think comes back to awareness. And I, I'm struck by when I'm working with teams is where people just seem to talk and talk and talk. And they, they don't seem to realize that they've been talking for five or 10 minutes. And people around them have just gone quiet and gone, here we go again. So I'll use myself as an example. Okay, Mark's been rattling, going on now for 10 minutes. And, and I watch in teams where people, people just go quiet and they sort of get completely disconnected. So there, there's something in this trust and vulnerability piece, which is, is it linked to awareness? That, that there's something about how you've got to give this to yourself, acknowledge it for yourself, create it within yourself, which is such an integral part of everything we're talking to. Now that that lesson starts within us, so that awareness starts within us, giving ourselves a little bit of trust, giving ourselves a little bit of vulnerability, is the catalyst for being able to see it in other people and see it more broadly in teams or 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 understand how it's going to work. And until we've given that for to ourselves or for ourselves, it's all a little theoretical. Now again, it happens in many ways. So, but I I watch as people who have. I use the example I've just spoken and spoken and spoken. And it has no relevance to what, what people were actually on. And, and they've completely disrupted the conversation, taking it off in a completely different direction. No one's really quite sure what it is. So it's in those moments that I that I I encourage people just to pause and stop. And um, and I, I have to do that quite delicately because it can be quite a shock to them to be told just take a just pause, take a breath, think about what you need to say, because you've been speaking for the last 10 minutes. So as, as, I have, as I hold that space for an individual, I feel vulnerable because I don't know how they're going to react. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to trust myself. I have to trust myself that there's a process playing out here that I've seen before, and I've got to trust that. So I make myself vulnerable. I put my trust in the process. I put the trust in myself and my own knowledge. And I present that to that person gently and delicately because you know they're going to be in front of their peers and others and just gently say what could you get if you paused and listened so to to your your points earlier what's in it for me in a way where does the perspective start to shift and change with regards to creating more awareness for people and I I feel this is a really important part of this as well is vulnerability, awareness, trust. They sort of start to work together and we need to be able to give this to ourselves because that's part of the journey.
0: Yeah. I agree. Definitely every journey starts from within. And I think what you were saying at the beginning about teams as well. So I think organizations were sitting there going, oh, this is what we're going to do from management down to staff. It's not going to work because the staff, I think, have to have the space to say, how does this play out for me? Absolutely impact on me going to be and then once i've it, once I've worked it out what it's going to be for me, then how can I make that work for me and if we can work that way with teams and it doesn't matter what size of organization you are, even if you're a manager of ten people yeah or you're ma- or you're a team leader of five or you're a company that's got 30 thirty forty thousands, we can just bring everybody along and sometimes sometimes you think it's easier if you're a smaller company, but I think that even big companies can because you have smaller teams. Yeah. It, you- the
1: principles still apply.
0: Absolutely. You, you still
1: gotta show yeah. You've still got to show up for the individual. No matter how many you have report reporting into you, you've still got to show up and figure out uh, and go on the journey of how do I show up? What happens when I show up? What do I enable for myself when I show up? So there's a process, it, it's it's it enables all sorts i mean there's a wonderful picture i saw once that a a great friend of mine showed me it was a river in germany and the sun was rising in the distance and it was reflected through the water but in the water you could see all the movement from the current so whilst this was it appeared to be a static picture the there was reflection there was movement there was all sorts of things unfolding and playing out even though it appeared static and i think it just really captured for me our internal process Becoming aware of that and not letting us over not letting it overwhelm us all the time, and then wondering, Well, how did I get here? There's the first stage of awareness. I did something, I've ended up here, I'm angry or I'm frustrated, I'm not sure how I got here. And it might be you repeat that, or you might go, Hang on, I, I noticed that something happened about five minutes ago, somebody said something, or something was done, or or something triggered me. Now you can go back to that point and go, Okay, so when that happens again. I can choose something else. So here comes the self-awareness. Here comes the trust. Here comes the the whole process starting to, to play out a little bit, and it's not terribly complex, but it it is a it is a process of acknowledging, noticing, experiencing. Rather, than, and, and that takes a whole body approach. That's not just the head. What I mean by the head is we think so much sometimes we forget to we get to use the rest of our facilities and our, and our capabilities. So so checking in with, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm really getting nervous. I'm sweating. My voice is starting to tremor. There's something going on here. I mean, maybe I just need to take a deep breath and just pause and reconnect with myself and make a different choice because I don't want to end up being angry. So that's real awareness. That's where trust can then be built. So you can literally articulate that and say, I'm starting to feel quite nervous about the, 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 for example, the numbers aren't adding up the way that they should. And I, I'm getting quite uncomfortable with this. That's a that's a beautiful way of introducing. I'm starting to feel uncomfortable with this, and I'm not sure what we what we're really going to do with this. But we, we're going to need to figure this one out. And that could be a small team for a small corporate, or sorry, a small organization, or for a corporate. But those principles of stepping into that space, being a little vulnerable, building the trust, checking with yourself, that process applies to everyone. And and there's the individual leadership. Because when we notice that for ourselves, we can stop behaving, choosing, um, becoming aware in many, many different ways. So that's the leadership piece, I think, that is available to individuals. And it, it, it is absolutely a leadership piece. It got, it's got nothing to do with title or rank or grade or bonus or it's how we choose to show up for each other and how we choose to maybe have an honest conversation about stuff yeah, you can have a joke and a laugh and go down to the pub if that's appropriate for you or your friends, you know, um, or you can go sit in the park and have a good conversation. Whatever it is that's relevant. But yeah, there's something here about how how we recognize our role as leaders, as individuals. We don't need a title. And, and how we lead ourselves into trust, into vulnerability and experience that for ourselves because there's something very powerful in that, in what it brings to each of us. So Yeah.
0: I just want to... Uh... Just highlight two things if that's okay. Well, you said it's not complex what we're doing. I might try to, I might, I might question the use of language there if you don't mind. Perfect, I perfect. Possibly. I don't think it's complicated, but it is complex. Because the complexity is understanding all those different things playing together, but the, the complicated is not complicated. Something has happened, that's created a trigger, that's created a response, and I want to choose how to respond rather than react. But the complexity is what is it, how am I reacting, what's the impact on me, what choices do I have, how do I then choose? So, And everybody's different in that space. So yes yeah. complexity, but I don't think the process itself is complicated, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, abso- absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's an awareness that you're talking to, that you can identify the complexity mm-hmm. and that it, the different elements to it. But I can recall a time in my life when I had no, I, had, I didn't have the awareness I have now. And, and I say that with complete and absolute humility. Mm-hmm. And it's not coming from a point of arrogance at all, b- because I made the choice I made the choice to start, I just made a choice because I, I realized I wasn't, I wasn't doing and being who I, I really could have been. Um, so at that stage, I really struggled with simply figuring out how to trust myself. Be, you know Because uh, my life journey had been, I had learned how to protect myself more than anything else and that had led me to rely on one and only one person which was me so and and enter you know enter a, a young lady who i'm now married to and i had to learn to trust her i had to learn to i also had to learn to trust myself to trust her if that makes sense so as as i was learning that and the loyalty came in and she stood by me when i wanted to run because I was wanting to get back to something which was more familiar. And I was feeling very vulnerable. I had to learn how to trust that loyalty. So she stood by me as I went through this, this, I want to run. And I want to go back to stuff which is more familiar. She just stood by me. And, and she didn't, you know, make it overly dramatic. She just, she just put her hand on my shoulders, basically, and told me she loved me. And she said, I'm here for you. In, in, words to that effect. And that's what I learned. So my awareness came from the point of, as I experienced that, I started to become more aware of, ah, so that's what I'm actually am okay in this. So, and as I became, as I allowed myself to experience more and became and and, and brought more vulnerability to it and, and started trusting more. So I saw more. But at the time, the only thing that I was aware of was, I'm not feeling comfortable. I want to get away from that. I want to get back to something which is more comfortable. Mm. I don't want to be uncomfortable. It wasn't complex at all. It simply was. I just want to go back to a state where I am. But as I played and I worked with that and I I noticed it and I became more vulnerable, so the layers, the the different levels sort of opened up to me. So I think we're fortunate in that we can talk about, and I think COVID is a a beautiful example of that, the awareness of we can work from home. You know, it's a, it's a more simplistic and pragmatic perspective, but so in a way of, yes, I agree with you, but I think there's more to it than it's, it, it, and I'm not, you're not saying this. It's not a light switch. I think it's, it's, a, it's a gradual increase in, as you put yourself into these positions, there's a gradual increase of knowledge and awareness where you start to see there's more to it. And sometimes the simplest way of dealing with this is just to take a deep breath and acknowledge it right now. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm either going to say something, remove myself, or 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 not say something. But it's a more conscious choice. And that's that isn't always complex or has complexity. Sometimes it is just very, very simple. I'm not feeling comfortable. I need to get out of this or I need to say something. What am I going to do? So that awareness is is in the moment, it's it's just very Boom, you're in it. What are you going to do? So, yeah, I'm not disagreeing necessarily, but maybe I'm just trying to add a little bit more to it because it, I think, yes, it, and I'll shut up now because I think at times it can be quite, quite complex. Yeah, I mean- and at, times, and at times I think it can be quite simple, simple as well.
0: Oh, I think, I think we overcomplicate things. And I say the, the complexity is just about the different layers that are in there. And as you say- Beautifully put, yeah. As put. awareness comes, it we can peel back more and more layers and get a deeper understanding of, of ourselves. I think my mind came from when I used to work in the prison service, and that's where yeah. I developed that level of awareness. And because you just had to try, and I love it. I, again, it's an analogy, and I love analogies. Is I look at it as I was always looking at how can I calibrate myself to be effective in this situation. So I developed that sort of awareness that i needed to change how i was in any given situation to try to be effective because you're dealing with 30 to 60 people although you're trying to get them to do the same thing it's 36 people have to find a reason to do it so you can't you can't have that same conversation with 36 people and it be effective yeah. so i think it was about me learning that calibration of myself and being aware to know what well, this isn't quite right this this doesn't feel the same to digest the day there's something not quite right so i've got to be really cautious and conscious of what i'm doing now so i don't inflame the situation or i can try and de-escalate what's going on whatever it is but so i think that sort of dynamic awareness was built from working there because i did that for about 14 years and then building that awareness of yourself and how to i I think calibrates a good thing how you can calibrate yourself to be effective like the engineering change and tweaking just little bits to be effective in the myriad of situations we would find ourselves in when we with, yeah. with people, regardless of how big or small our group is, I mean, 10 individuals, 20 individuals, but they're all individuals. They just are working together as a team, hopefully, effectively.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's lovely about what you're, you're talking to is the depth and richness of your experiences has a con- had a context. When you talk to the adaptability and the flexibility of that, that'll work with one person, but it's not going to work with another. You know, that, that approach of, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I match my style or how do I change my style to get to best connect with this person? Not because I, I, I want to be Machiavellian about it, but purely because I want to connect with them because there's something that's really important here. So it's a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely, I love the way you explained that and you broke it down. That's a, a very insightful. So
0: I uh, was Gary Klein says, once you gain insight, you can't go back to your old ways of thinking, which I think is such a powerful quote it meant by that journey we talk about. every new insight no matter how small or big it is is that shift in perception which is then the springboard for the next one absolutely yeah
1: yeah and i i love i agree it's embedded in my dna now that you know i I, there were times where where i learned a lesson and then i went back and i i I did something again out of ignorance and ended up hurting somebody or hurting myself and realizing actually no that's not something i ever want to do again because it, it doesn't it hasn't It hasn't given me the purpose or the satisfaction or the something far more deeper. it just it eroded that and took away from it some some kind of essence and so that 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 was learnt as well and so it's a great way you 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 lay that out that um, this, this piece around you, you you can't go back not because no and not because it's being enforced I mean, I think in some cases you know pragmatically it is going to be enforced you know, like crime or whatever but there might come a point where you where you make a decision and you go. That's just that's just not going to be good for me. I'm not going to go back and play with that again. But again, there's many circumstances and many situations where, where we've got to learn stuff to to come out the other side, and sometimes we don't.
0: No, and I think it's it's quite because I, I think the the, the one way to possibly look at closing this off, yeah, when you were talking is about the you use the word choice. Throughout this deal conversation, it's a word you choose. And, choose or choice was used multiple times. And I, I agree that we'll get to the point is we can consciously be more aware of consciously choosing what we choose to do in that position rather than unconsciously making that choice that we're not aware of. So I think that's that other respond rather than reacting You say, I can recognize I'm not in a good place at the minute. I'm nervous or I'm uncomfortable. Let's take a pause. Let's now think. And then now let's act. I think just to say, building that space, that thinking space, that as you say, that pausing space, is is an important aspect of this.
1: Yeah, this it's great. It's a great place to finish because because I think it 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 brings it all full circle. Is is when you when you start to acknowledge and become aware of and are vulnerable to what is my choice in this situation? What do I really want to do? You know, as as you sort of start to shine a light on that that piece of your awareness, you're spot on, you, you become more aware of the different pieces that are there for you. And it's, it's not sort of, it's, it's fascinating to me because it, as you do that, you can, you can start to acknowledge how things might play out. And, and there's that piece that we come back to, which is you, you may realize that you don't want to go back. Mm. It could be, it could be an old relationship or it could be an old flame and you, you go, actually, you know what, it's a great spark there. But actually, I ended up worse off. So I'm not going to go back into that. And I'm going to keep an eye open for those kind of qualities when, when I, you know, or those kind of dynamics when, when I meet other people. And maybe, maybe I just look after myself differently. So this, this choice piece is in the moment, what is it that's actually going on for me? What do I want to do with it? But doing it from an authentic place, not a, not a Machiavellian, I'm going to screw you over. And I'm, just, I'm not naive enough to think that doesn't happen. Of course it happens. It's, we, live in a, we live in an interesting world, put it mildly. But there's something very powerful when you see people stepping into space, which is authentic, when it's present, when it's vulnerable. And there's a, a real sense of, of connection that can be created. And that, that is really standing out significantly than the old ways of doing things. And you can see those people who are making these choices differently. And they come with a, they come with a very different level of thinking. And I see it in the younger generation. I see the strength and an awareness that my generation didn't necessarily always have. And I'm fascinated by it because I'm like, where how, where have they? I look at my daughter in some car and some of her friends and 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 that age group at, at her, my daughter's school and I go, these young girls are, are stronger and have a level of wisdom with them that, that is, I've, I'm really pleased to see. And that's just from, again, from a very hum- humble place. But different to to when I was growing up, and there's many reasons. But this this uh, self awareness to bring it back home. This self awareness is such a such a powerful piece, and within it is is choice. And when we choose things differently, or when we choose something different for ourselves, and potentially for those around us, it's it has real purpose. And there's the link to sort of sustained or sustainability. Mm. Anyway, but that might be another conversation.
0: One of many, possibly, one of many. Yeah. So what do you want to call it? And it's, it's going to been, start with how might we. So how might we? How might we am aware to help each other? How might we become aware to help each other? Okay, I like that. I've got to write this down or else I'll forget it. Yes, you do, because I probably will as well. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, you've got to record again is recognizing what, where it is, and memory is not a great one when you help each other. I think because I live in the moment so much, anything that happened five minutes ago, I said, that's gone now. I'm here, and that's definitely me out of sight, out of mind.
1: But just to say, Scott, thank you. And uh, this is the first time I've done something like this, and it's been good to do, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. But to anyone who's listening, yeah, thanks for listening as well. <laughs>
0: There'll be people listening, trust me.
1: We've rattled, we've rattled,
0: I've rattled on a little bit, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so Mark, thank you very much for your time.